Good morning. As some of you find your seats, I want to welcome you to Memorial. Um, Arthur is not here today necessarily, um, but he has provided a guest speaker that I think we will all enjoy, especially you children need to watch out for our guest speaker later on today. Uh, a few announcements before we begin. First of all, my name is Andy Watson. I'm the youth minister here. And Arthur asked me to kind of lead all the worship portion of the, of the service, with the exception of the speaking. Um, but I, I want to announce that there will be no youth activities tonight. And that next Sunday, January 3rd, we will resume all activities for children on Sunday nights, beginning with um, children's choir starting at 5.45, is that right, or 6 o'clock? I'm looking for... <laughs> I think the, the children's choir will begin at, at 6 and run to 6.45, and then children's Bible study or Memorial Kids and Missions will run from 6.45 to 7.30, and that starts back next um, uh, Sunday night. Uh, as well, there'll be information in the bulletin next week on that. And uh, a new day and time for our uh, monthly catered dinner as well, so be on the lookout for that. Um, also next Sunday, January 3rd, after the 11 o'clock service, we will have an uh, administrative board meeting to approve the 2010 budget. So if you're on that board, please plan on being there to vote that through. This morning we will have, uh, doing the music for us, the Gap Creek Singers, led by Cheryl Dobson. And um, my mother-in-law is with them as well. So this is a, a good day for me. I get to hear her sing. And um, there's been a few changes to your bulletin as far as their song order, and I want to run through those with you uh, just shortly right now. The intro will be Hark the Herald Angels Sing Instead of Joy to the World. And the anthem, instead of Do You Hear What I Hear, will be a combination um, of kind of a combined arrangement of the first Noel and Pachelbel's Canon. And then the offertory, instead of Whisper, Whisper, will be Special Night. The choral response to the benediction will stay the same. That is away in the manger. Let us now begin our time of worship together.
remain standing as we affirm what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed, which can be found on page 881. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of power, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Here ends our lesson. If you would please join me in standing for our responsive reading. It's in a different place in your hymnal. It's actually page 208. And this is the canticle of Zechariah. It lines up with the biblical story of when Zechariah's speech was restored after John was born. So that's our responsive reading for the day. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has come to set the chosen people free. Through the holy prophets, God promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. This was the oath God swore to our father Abraham. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. seated and at this time I would like to ask the children to come forward and I believe Allison 
Duncan is going to be leading them in their children's moments this morning. Is that right, Allison? Sorry about that. Good morning. Good morning. Did y'all have a good Christmas? Yes. Good, me too. What did we just get finished celebrating on Christmas? Jesus' birthday. Yes, that is the true reason that we celebrate Christmas. And I'm going to start off our little lesson today um, with a scripture from Matthew 121. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from all of their sins. Now, I was looking at my tree this morning because I still have my Christmas decorations up. Do you still got you guys still have yours up? We leave ours up sometimes until New Year's. We took yours down. Well, that's okay. That's all right. I bet when you were helping your mom take them down or putting them up, I, does anyone have any ornaments on their tree with names on them? You might have your name on them. A lot of people decorate trees um, with names on them. This is ones that my husband and I have on our tree. And I was noticing that names are very important, aren't they? They sometimes have special meaning, and your parents picked out special names for you. They might have used a family name or a name from the Bible, or they may have just picked a name because they just thought it was so beautiful, and it perfectly described you. And, you know, a lot of times we go to different resources to look up names or things like that, but um, Mary and Joseph didn't have to do that. An angel came to them and told them what their child was to be named, and they were to name him Jesus. And Jesus means, basically, that he is the one that comes to save us, okay? That the Lord saves and we can give thanks to God for Jesus because he saves us from all of our sins, right? So we want to remember that he's the true meaning for, for Christmas and that the meaning of his name is very important to us. So let us pray. And you guys can pray with me so you can repeat after me, okay? Dear Lord, we thank you that there is salvation in Jesus' name. Dur during the holiday season, help us to remember that we celebrate his birthday. In Jesus' precious name, amen. The lesson for today comes from Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here ends the lesson.
Be sure and thank Cheryl and all the singers down here for the beautiful music they're leading this morning. Let us now join our hearts together in prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, light of the world. Shine into our lives like the Bethlehem star and reveal your truth and grace. Dawn on our darkness like the rising sun and renew our faith and hope. Scatter the shadows with your spirit's fire and banish our shame and our fear. Fill us with the glory the angels sang with and let us live like beacons of your love. Loving God, we praise you for the prophets who told us to wait and hope for the word you gave them has always come true. We praise you for the promise of one who would reveal to us the face of God and show us the way to your kingdom. For indeed, a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us, and in him we see your faithfulness and your promises and the entirety of your very nature made into human flesh. You remembered your promises to our forefathers by humbling yourself to be born of the Virgin Mary for us and for our salvation. Grant that your whole church on earth would continue in joyous praise over the gift of forgiveness which you deliver to us in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. O God, our Savior, grant that the light of Christ's forgiveness shine forth to all those still lost in their sins. By the power of the Holy Spirit, change their hearts and turn them away from all false gods. By your word of law, lead people to repentance so that by your word of gospel they may cling to the God who came to break sin's dreadful curse and to restore their relationship with you. O God, our Savior, turn the hearts of all those who have wandered from the faith once delivered to your church or who are in doubt through the corruption of your truth. Mercifully visit and restore them that in gladness of heart they may take pleasure in your word once again and be made wise to salvation through faith in your Son, Jesus. At just the right time, you became flesh to redeem us who are born under the law. And because of your redemption, our Heavenly Father has adopted us as his children. Comfort those who are struggling with afflictions of any type, illnesses and disease and emotional stress, financial difficulties. Remind them that they are your dear children, especially during their times of need. Take away all doubt and assure them by your gospel that you will never leave them or forsake them. Abide with those who mourn loved ones who have died in the faith. Strengthen them in the knowledge that their loved one is at home in your heavenly kingdom. And Lord, help us to see that the power of Christmas isn't exhausted with the music and the lights and the gifts and the food, but grows as slowly as a baby to become a living treasure, a reservoir of peace and love to sustain us, not only through December and into the holidays, but each and every day, of all the days you grant to us. Indeed, O Lord, bless us that we may see your presence with ever greater brightness and that we may ourselves become more and more like you whose birth we celebrate this season. Gracious God, we ask all this knowing that you indeed hear us. For we pray as your Son Jesus, our brother and Lord, taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and power. This time we will worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings.
seated. Our gospel lesson for today comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. Here ends the lesson. Now I am very pleased to introduce our guest who traveled very far to be with us today, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. I am Joseph from the town of Nazareth. I am pleased to be with you today to tell you my story. I am a carpenter, and if things had been different for my people, I might be their king. Because 1,000 years ago, 28 generations ago in my family, my ancestor King David was the ruler of a wonderful and prosperous kingdom with a mighty army. We know that David had his own faults, but he also had a heart after God. And so when he made his mistakes, he quickly turned back to the Lord our God and sought forgiveness. But alas, my people have not turned back to God. And so for the last 14 generations, we have been a captive people of one nation and then another, we are presently under the Roman occupation where we have very, very few liberties. We dream of our independence again one day. The prophets have promised us that one who, who is like David will be coming, but he will also be one who can restore us in our relationship with God. I believe my son is to be that one who leads us back to freedom and who will free us in some way from our sins and bring us into a relationship with God once again. And when you hear my story, I believe you will see this is not just fatherly pride talking. As a carpenter, I probably have one of the best jobs there is because I get to go into various homes and get to know people in their homes better than most people do. I'm called on to build cabinets at one house and something else at another. And on one of these occasions, I went to a home where there was a, a lovely older teenage daughter named Mary. Because her father and mother were there, she was able to come and we were able to talk, which is very un like things in our culture where we don't have much conversation uh, between men and women. But I was so impressed as I heard her talk with her parents about her love for God and, and her understanding of, of what it is God was doing in his people was so inspiring. All too soon my work there was finished and I moved on to another home and I found I really missed opportunities to talk with Mary. I also missed just being with her, I had to admit to myself. So I made excuses to go by and check on things. 
Like the time I went by and told her father that I came just to be sure that my cabinets had not been warped by all the moisture as a result of the rain we had had recently. He looked at me and reminded me that we hadn't had rain in five months. It was the dry season. But he did allow me to come in and check those cabinets and to once again speak a few moments with Mary. I returned to my family and I had my father talk with her father, as we do in our culture, to arrange a wedding between us. And to my great joy, her father agreed. And that meant that she was also agreeable. And so we made ourselves formally engaged and made our plans for our lives together. A few weeks went by and Mary's attitude seemed to change. She was much more serious than I'd ever known her to be. She would be looking off in the distance as we would talk as if she was preoccupied. Then one day she told me she would be going on a journey to see a cousin of hers, Elizabeth, in a far distant town, but that she would be back. I knew there was something wrong and so I said to her, Mary, whatever it is, please tell me. I, I could only imagine that she was having second thoughts. All I heard her say was something about having a baby. I didn't hear anything else. I don't know what else she said. My worst fears were realized. There was someone else. Not only was she having second thoughts about us, there was someone else that she preferred over me. So the next day I went to our synagogue and met with our leaders to begin the process of formally breaking, up our, breaking off our engagement. It, in our culture, is similar to what you go through in your day of divorce. And so it was, I was moving ahead with these plans when one night, as I was about to go to sleep and I was in one of those moments between awakeness and sleep, I'm not sure whether this was a dream or a vision. And you may find this hard to believe, but it seemed to me that the light in the room just grew so bright and out of that light came a voice. It was the, the angel of the Lord and he said to me, Joseph, do not hesitate to take unto yourself Mary to be your bride, for she has not been unfaithful to you. She has been faithful to Almighty God. For the child she will bear will be known as the Son of the Most High, and you are to call his name Jesus. In our language, that word Jesus sounds like the word that says, that means salvation or savior. And then the angel said, for he will save his people. Soon the brilliance of the room was gone and I was fully awake, not knowing whether I had had a dream or a vision, but knowing I had to go that moment over to Mary's house. Mary's father was never in those days happy to see me on the streets or elsewhere. He was especially not happy that night for the lateness of the hour, but I was insistent. And soon Mary came to the door and stood between her father and me. And then she said, Joseph, what are you talking about? And I looked at her and I said, Mary, his name is Jesus. She took a step back, put her hand right here upon her stomach, and she said, that is the name of the child I carry. He shall be known as the Son of the Most High, and he shall be called Jesus. In that moment, she knew that I had been told by God, and I knew that it was all wonderfully true. And we embraced and once again made plans for our happy lives together. 
In a week or two, there was another interruption in our plans. Something perhaps you don't know anything about in your culture, taxation. Our taxes just keep going up. And this time, the Roman emperor had decided that he was going to tax us and have a census at the same time. And he insisted that we all go back to our, our hometowns where our ancestors came from and register there with our families for the tax. For me and for poor Mary, that meant a journey from our town of Nazareth to Bethlehem. Mary was in no condition for such a trip, but we had no choice. We thought we had allowed plenty of time for the journey, but we had underestimated the frequency of the stops we had to make for Mary to rest. And so when we finally arrived in Bethlehem, it was very late at night. All of the rooms in the various inns were already taken, and we knocked on door after door to be told that there was no room. Finally, one kind innkeeper said, you're not going to find any rooms tonight, but it looks to me that you need a place to rest, and I do have a stable out back. You're welcome to that. And so that's what we decided to do. Mary laughed and said, oh, Joseph, wouldn't it be funny if this was the place the baby was born? I didn't see anything particularly funny about that and hoped she was just just trying to be funny to ease our tension, but no, she knew things were happening. I made a bed for her and I was almost asleep when she woke me up and said, Joseph, I was afraid of this, but tonight is the night our son will be born. I got up and went into the night air to pray and I said, oh God, you have brought us here and we are in this stable, certainly you don't mean for your holy child to be born in this place. Where are you, God? Oh, I felt so alone in those moments. But as you know, no amount of protest will stop a baby's birth once that baby has determined that his hour is now. And so soon after that, I was holding in my arms the most beautiful baby that I had ever seen. And I wrapped him in cloths tightly so he would be warm. I had a little confrontation with some of the animals in the stable because I took away their food trough and emptied it out and put straw in it and made a little crib for the baby Jesus. And back out into the night I went after I stayed with Mary to see her fall asleep, again feeling so alone. God, where are you? Could this be part of your plan? About that time, there was movement in the streets, and usually, as our proverb goes, people who love darkness are usually uh, not those who love light, and they're usually up to no good during the nighttime. But I noticed that, that these were shepherds who looked like they had come from some distance and they came over to me and they said, we have been from stable to stable to stable looking for a baby that was born this night. And we were told that we would find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger is there a baby at this stable? And I said, indeed, there was one. And then I asked them, how could you possibly know about this? And one of the shepherds said, we were out in the fields with our sheep, and we heard the singing of the angels talking about your baby's birth, and we have come to worship him. And so I watched as they went in and fell to their knees before that manger and gave God their thanks for the gift of the Christ child. And they gave him a woolen blanket 
and soon they were gone. The next day, Mary was stronger, and we were able to move from that little stable into the house of one of my cousins who graciously took us in. We recuperated there for a few weeks. We registered for the taxation. And then we began to hear words of fear that King Herod had heard something about a newborn king's birth and that he had decided to seek out that baby and we feared for what that might mean. Herod had already killed one of his own children. What would he do to a stranger? So we were thinking about what we were to do and Mary being as sensitive as she is kept telling me that she felt we needed to leave, but we had no provisions for a journey anywhere of safety. We had left everything we owned in Nazareth. So again that evening, I went back out into the night air for a time of prayer. And I had prayed to God that he would come and help us. He had given us his chosen child and now there were those who wanted him dead. Oh God, come to the rescue of your Holy One. I looked up into the sky and I hadn't noticed before, but there was a very bright star in the sky, almost as bright as the moon. In fact, I thought it was the moon at first. We don't notice much in the sky other than its beauty. We are people of the word. But there were those who were students of the stars who came down that street that night and I noticed by looking at them that they were, they were from a far distant place, perhaps Persia. They made their way to the house and they came to me and they said, we've been following that star for two years. We lost sight of it and so we went to Bethlehem and we made a horrible mistake. We told Herod that we had come to worship his newborn son, the king of the Jews. And only after we left did we learn that he wants us to find you and tell him where you are. And so we have come to worship your son and tell you that we're going home a different way. We're not going back to Herod. And then they came in, and I noticed as they came, they had some gifts to bring to the, to the newborn babe. They brought gifts of incense and myrrh and, of all things, gold. I couldn't believe it. I looked at Mary with astonishment. We could trade all of these things as we needed them for daily living expenses wherever we went. I could even begin business again in a new community thanks to these magi who brought these gifts. That night after they left, I fell asleep and I dreamed that we were working in Egypt and something seemed to tell me in my soul that that's where we needed to go, far away for safety. And so the next day I bought all the provisions for our trip and Mary and Jesus and I went to Egypt for a few years, only returning home to Nazareth after King Herod had died. That's been about eight years ago now since the night of Jesus' birth. He is such an interesting young boy. Sometimes he can be all boy, and then he will ask you questions that make you just stop and think. The leader of our synagogue has twice warned me to have Jesus be quiet when he comes to synagogue and not ask him hard questions that shows how ignorant that our leader is. He says, the boy knows more than I do. He is a young man of wisdom, learning to be a carpenter. And I say to you today, watch that young boy as he grows, even as Mary and I do. Listen when he starts to talk. 
Hear what he has to say. Obey him when he speaks and follow him wherever he leads. For my testimony to you is that this is more than Mary's child and I am just his earthly father. His father is in heaven. And how like his father he is. I have no doubt he will reveal God to us all. And I don't know what else he must do. Any father who knows the scripture would be frightened. What did Isaiah mean when he said, Surely he has borne our griefs. By his stripes we're healed. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. I read that with such fear as to what this might mean to my son. But you mark him well. For I tell you, he is the Holy One of God. He is the Son of God. He will save us all. He will reveal the Father to us. And we will be at peace with God when Jesus has completed his work. May glory be given to God for the gift which he has given. Amen.